0: But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Property Solopreneur. And we're talking joint ventures today, and Joint ventures are something that along with private finance will make the ultimate difference as to how quickly we can scale and grow our property businesses. Now, not everyone likes doing them. Not everyone is successful at doing them. And some people get exactly how to do them, do one and then go never again. But in a nutshell, a joint venture is when you buddy up with another person or company to work on a property deal with both sides taking a share of the profits. Now, do note, I didn't say one side does the funding and the other does the work because contrary to first sight, joint ventures, they're multifaceted and they come in many different setups. And that's the fun. That's what makes some property people absolutely love doing joint ventures. And to them, it's just another variable in the way of doing a deal because as an entrepreneur, they want to dice and slice in all the different ways that they like doing, getting those little grey cells to bounce about and seeing a different way of doing something. But whatever, this is a a but and a big but. In fact, it's a stonkingly large legal but. Joint ventures are covered by the FCA and you must, must, must adhere to the rules. So let's remind ourselves before we go any further that there are some things you can't do. And before we get into the FCA bits, let's stop ourselves and running into a property meeting because we've run out of money and we found a deal and shout, I've got this amazing deal. There's 40 grand profit in it. Who'd like to JV with me? If you're doing that, you're scrabbling about for finance. You are not looking for a JV partner because you aren't in the right place mentally. Why? Because a JV is a property marriage and you need to make sure it works, which is why the FCA have got rules and regulations That we need to adhere to. If you're not there yet and you are finding yourself ricocheting, looking for a partner because you can't get the money, then you've got to stand back and take command of your business and work on it and not in it. And only once you have done that can you then put yourself into a position of wanting to do a joint venture. Because just like in a real marriage, it's not to be undertaken unadvisedly or lightly. It's got to be done reverently, discreetly, advisedly, and soberly. Now, those words are straight out of the Church of England marriage ceremony. But they couldn't have been better designed, frankly, for why and how you should approach a joint venture, because it's a legally binding contract that has obligations on both sides. I mean, after all, if you're doing it properly, you should even know what you're going to do in the case of one of you dying. It is absolutely vital that you do everything by the book. Why? Because done well, it's an absolute game changer. Done badly, it's a total disaster. And could you, it could stop you in your tracks. It could financially ruin you. Wow, Rachel, you've really stole that, haven't you? Well, yes, I think I have. Because I think that a joint venture is not a quick fix to get over your lack of funding. It has to be a well-thought-out technique that is part of your overall strategy for making a success property. It'll make you, well, it'll give you the ability to do more property deals, you'll get more funding, you'll be able to turbocharge your activity. You'll be doing more than one of these at a time. And both sides of the JV partnership need to feel secure and feel that their needs are met. And just like a real marriage, this will happen long before any hint of a deal or profit specifics are mentioned. Now, if we were on a dating app and we were meeting Mr. or Miss Wright or whatever for the first time, we wouldn't just plonk ourselves down in front of our coffee or our drink and go, um, yep, I'm in the market for a life of commitment. I want 2.4 children and I've got this little tick list of things that you have got to qualify in order for me to work with. No, that's not how it's done, is it? Because if you are talking to someone on a first date or whatever, you've got to hear what you're State is talking about, whether or not they're a great fit, because it's, it's give and take. And it's exactly the same when you're starting to scope out a JV partnership. But if you're thinking, oh my word, where do I start with all of that? That really is a bit of a biggie. Help is at hand. Yep. The FCA section 13.3, it lays down a sequence of events that you need to go through. And it's very specific as to who and what they apply to. And if you get into the habit of having this process built on the 13.3, that you apply to everybody, everybody that you want to work with, you cannot go wrong. And that doesn't matter whether you are going to be asking for loans or JVs. You want to be working with quality, sophisticated investors. And that will make such a difference to your life. So don't think of it as a hurdle or a negative thing. It's really helpful in preventing anyone from working with the wrong people. Mistakes are going to happen. This is property. But you need to make sure that you've weeded out by using 13.3 all those who under no circumstances should not be worked with because they don't have the capacity to understand that values go up and down, that investments fail, that property sometimes just doesn't make a profit, no matter how hard you try. And just find the whole thing so stressful. If they're going to be stressed, you're going to be stressed, and then it won't work. And let me be very clear here. There are lots and lots of people you can work with, plenty of them. It's just If you aren't finding them, you haven't yet been working hard enough. You've got to go and hone those JV dating skills, haven't you? You've got to network, network, network and get your message clear. You need to know what you're doing, why you're doing it and who you want to work with. And successful JV partners, they start in the head. You know, if our heads are unclear and muddled, how on earth can we expect somebody else to want to work with us? So get yourself clear before you even start talking to other people. And that's what makes successful JV people so good to work with because they've got it all mapped out. They don't deviate. They know what they're going to offer and what they expect back in return. Now, joint ventures, they do come in several packages and it's up to you really as to what you're doing within that framework. And I think there are actually only two things that are the same regardless of how you set up a JV. One is there are only two parties. And the second is that there's got to be amazing communication. If you do not have amazing communication, you will have a problem. No matter that the, the deal goes well, you are going to have somebody on the other side who feels shut out and used, and that's not good. And that's just if it all goes well. Heaven only knows if, if things go slightly awry. Now, this is not the time for me to spell out how to do a JV. This is an overview. Now, I've done lots and maybe not sometimes in the way that are obvious to you. You know, I have done JVs when I'm the working party, and another person or a company has funded the whole of the project that I'm doing, and we've then split the profits. Um, money flows one way, information the other. And that's the vanilla JV. And communication, even though it worked really well, was absolutely vital. On one of those, I had to ring them up on day two and ask for £22,000 worth of extra concrete. Now, my JV partner was absolutely the right person for me. They just went, yeah, what what account do you want me to send the money to? That was as stressed as they got. And that's what you want to work with, which is why you put all the effort up front when you're dating them to make sure that when the going gets tough, that they are fully supportive and you're both in it together. Then, of course, there's the JV when the funder wants to learn how to do all this property malarkey. They've got the money, but they haven't actually got all the knowledge to do it themselves. And they view you as someone that they can work with shoulder to shoulder, looking over your shoulder, watching and questioning everything you do. I'm not able to speak on this subject because I know I can't do that. I am just not patient enough. And in fact, violence might ensue because you know that's just not my type of attitude. I want to be left to do what I do well, and then I'll come back to you and communicate everything. But I am going to record an episode with someone who does do that, and they will be very happy to talk about it. So tune in for that later. And then there is a tricky hybrid, which is the funders providing the money, but they are actually quite knowledgeable about property. And so naturally they're inclined to think they want to be slightly more involved and they take control perhaps of some of the admin because at the beginning when you're all talking to each other, it seems like a good idea. Well, yes, it might at the beginning, but this is actually going to lead to micromanaging and that often leads to the overthinking of minor actions along the way. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Somebody somewhere is going to get awfully impatient with the decisions the other one are making. And in a joint venture, one of you, only one of you can be making the decisions. You've got to be communicating, but you've got to have the driving force behind it. If it all goes horribly wrong, then you go back to your agreement and go, because you've worked all this out. This is not going to be a surprise. There's only so many things that can go wrong with property, aren't there? And by this time, you should know them all you know, if this happens, that's what we do. That's what we agreed. And now that's happened. So this is what we do because that's what we've agreed. All comes back to the preparation and the communication. Now, my favorite is where I'm the JV partner with one of my own companies. And you did hear that, right? Because it's all about profit and spreading the load. Because if you've got multiple streams of income coming into different sources, you can, of course, loan in but that may not be the best way to do it. And here I'm going to say loud and clear, I'm I'm not a tax person. I'm not an accountant. Go and have an in-depth conversation with your legal people and your tax people about the best way to do it for you. But this is a perfectly possible way to do it. And I've done it because if I loan the money in, well, I'm only going to get the interest, aren't I? And sometimes I'd quite like to have half the profit. I'd like to have coming into my private account, half the profit. I can pay something down. I could pay myself or something. There are so many possibilities. And we're solopreneurs. We should be exploring every single possibility. It's not going to be black and white. Things change. What works one year won't work another, which is why you've got to have key people working, holding your back in these key decision-making areas. But the JV will mean you have no banks, no bridging, no interest payments. And that can make a huge difference to you and of course you should be a wonderful jv partner never criticizing never making snide remarks or making demands you should be the best kind of jv partner you could ever have but whatever you do you've got to have done this within a strategic decision made in your business plan you shouldn't suddenly find yourself falling into a jv because to be successful we need clarity of the overview of your business because with the best one in the world, property success is not, not years of stringing many different property deals together and hoping for endless profit. Well, that just that not, isn't going to happen for a start, but it's not the way that you should be running your business. No, no. To be successful, you need years of cleared plan strategy to maximize profit and income streams. So, you know, year after year what's going to work, where you're going, how you're going to do it and how many partners you need to bring in in order to get where you need to be. It's up to you. If you are going to do joint ventures, remember that it is a brilliant method of bringing in extra funding, being able to do multiple deals at once, being able to turbocharge your workload and results. And most importantly of all, and I think this is something that's totally overlooked, Perhaps it will allow you to work at a price point that is bigger than you would feel comfortable with if you had to borrow the funds. Some of us don't like borrowing money where you've got to pay interest. So, this is a way that you can work at a price point that's bigger. You know, you might have done brilliantly in an area, say, like Stoke-on-Trent, which has very low price points for entering, but then you want to do exactly the same in Bristol. Ooh, bit of a price change there. Well, JVs. Will allow you to use your experience and to do exactly what you did instead, but at a much higher price point could be the way forward for you. Now, if you've never done one, you may find you love them. So don't dismiss it out of hand and don't listen to other people's experiences. Don't listen to me and go, well, I, I don't like doing it with other people. You're not me. I'm not you. You may find this is your game changer. Remember, it's an option and go, find out everything you can about it before you make a decision, yes or no. Because whether you have heard about them, whether you've perhaps dabbled or seen somebody else do them or seen a presentation about how to do them, if you've never actually done one, go and learn how to do them properly. You know, the paperwork, the legal stuff, how to lay out your store to potential partners. And your potential partners need you to know and to prove and to show that you understand paperwork and the legal stuff. Now, there's a lot of stuff out there on YouTube if you've not got the money to work with someone, either in a group or one-to-one. But if you're serious about life-changing success and property, then you have got to invest in yourself at some point because otherwise you'll stagnate and you'll never be able to push yourself forward to the next level. So invest in yourself and find about everything you can about joint ventures. And being successful means keeping an open mind. So if you find something that you want to query on, just stop, go and find somebody else to talk about it. it might be a mentor or it might be accountability. Just find as much information out as you can before you start to go down the avenue of a joint venture. But don't, don't, because you just don't understand something. Dismiss out of hand something that could be a complete game changer for you. Remember, when you first heard about joint ventures, you might've thought it was something that was a little bit strange. You know, why would people do that? It's absolutely normal. Joint ventures are a brilliant way of making a difference to you. And as a property solopreneur, do you know, I think it's the nearest you're ever going to get to working with someone else. You're, they're so near, but not with you. It's brilliant. And to be a successful property solopreneur, you do need finance. And this may be the tool that works for you. That means that you've got the finance to be able to fulfill all those wonderful property dreams and goals. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Trouton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.